Welcome back to the Now That We're a Family podcast. Today is an episode that Katie and I are thoroughly excited about. In fact, we've got big cheesy grins on our face right now, faces right now, because of how excited we are for this. And I'm actually going to give Katie the honor of telling you folks why we're so excited about this episode. Yeah, so I'm super excited because my younger sister, Kyla, who was my best friend all growing up, we shared so many memories and she was like my partner in crime. She's going to be on the podcast today with her husband, Adam, and they have been married for, I'll let them tell you guys, but I think it's around a year. (laughs) I can't even remember my kids' birthdays. So we'll go with around a year and they're expecting their first, their 20, I'll let them say that part too. But anyways, I'm really excited for you guys to hear from them and they're going to talk about being newlyweds and their experience moving away from family and pregnancy and their experience with miscarriage and so many different things. So I really hope you guys enjoy this podcast. If you do take a screenshot of it and share it in your stories that we just love seeing who's watching the podcast. And that's an awesome way to get this podcast out into more listeners get this podcast out to more listeners. And if you really enjoy it, like really, really enjoy it, if you leave us a rating or a review, that would be awesome as well. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. Well, folks, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but at the time that we're recording this, we just are wrapping up a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend. And this weekend, I, we, Katie and I spent with Katie's side of the family, and we thoroughly enjoyed it. It turned into like a four-day event, and every day was so enjoyable. Um, and one of the most enjoyable parts is that we get to connect with Katie's sister and her husband, Adam, my brother and sister-in-law. And we enjoyed ourselves so much with them that we thought it would be so fun to have them on the podcast. And so that's what you get to hear today. You get to hear a fun conversation, an interview with uh, with Kyla and Adam Van Wingerden. Katie, actually, no, I'm not going to let you do this one, Katie. I'm going to ask this question. Kyla, Adam, would one of you two be able to tell a little bit about yourselves? I'd love to hear an origin story. And you guys can both share kind of an individual story because, uh, you know, you haven't been married too long. So much of your life has happened before marriage up until this point. So just let our audience know who you are, where you come from, what you like, what you don't like. Who are you? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having us. I listen to every episode. I'm their biggest fan, right? Um, (laughs) And Katie and I were really close growing up, like she mentioned. Um, We're 15 months apart. And my dad always said that Katie was there so I would have a life and I was there for Katie so I could save her life and that's kind of our relationship (laughs) um but I am the second oldest in our family right below Katie um and had a lot of similar experiences growing up as Katie and Elisha have already you know shared with you guys as far as traveling around a lot being involved in family music and athletics 
um, being homeschooled through high school and then taking on some college online um, before I met my husband, Adam. Hello, this is Adam here, Kyla's husband. Um, first of all, like Kyla said, it's just awesome to be part of this podcast. This is a first time for me. I'm a podcast noob, so um, it's going to be fun. And uh, yeah, I met Kyla and the Johnsons probably, I guess it's going on two years from now or two years ago, and we've been married for coming up on a year, December 14th. Uh, so it's been it's been awesome. It's been a whirlwind. Um, I'm the oldest of six, and uh, my dad was a bit of an entrepreneur, uh, had a bunch of different family businesses. We lived internationally for a while, um, and then on the West Coast, East Coast, kind of bounced around, uh, but had similar upbringings uh, to my wife's family, um, as long as along with Elisha's family. So it was really cool being able to connect with other people and you start realizing that the uh, the world, especially the Christian world, Christian homeschool world is pretty small. So. Yeah, definitely. We're all intertwined. And I think it's kind of funny that me and all my sisters are all, they all of our names start with the letter K. So it's Katie, Kyla, Kelsey, Caroline, Kimberly, Chloe, Kinsey, and Cordelia. And we always joked because we had similar initials our first and last initials were exactly the same. And then I went and married a Votberg and Kyla has married a Van Wingerden. So our initials are still the same. Yeah. No pressure for the other girls there to <laughs> pick suitable spouses with the V last name. Exactly. So, okay. Can you guys tell us how you met real quick? Yeah, I can speak to that. It was kind of a, it was kind of a funny story. Um, I actually met through the Votebergs. So I met, um, I guess Elisha and his family first. Yes, you're right. Yeah, which is wild to think of. It was your sisters, yeah. uh, Annie and Lilia. And it's honestly kind of a, a God story. You know, people say that, kind of throw it around loosely, but or a God thing, but it really was. We were in on, in Hawaii. This was probably going on, I don't even know the timeline. Just Yeah, maybe five years ago. Five years ago, six yeah. years ago. And my cousins were living there at the time, and they had connected with some friends, mutual friends of the Votebergs. Uh, and then Annie and Lilia were out visiting those friends, and we all hung out, essentially, for a couple of weeks. Um, it was like a week or two weeks or something like that. Became good friends with them. And I remember them talking. I think at that time, you guys you guys were on round one of dating. Um, That's true. Yes. I think most of our listeners know that Katie, what he's referring to is that Katie and I have been through two rounds. Well, we went through two rounds of dating. The second one ended in marriage. So that was the better round. Yes. Right. Good to know. Um, and then, yeah, so we met them through round one. And they were talking about this big family with a bunch of girls. And um, even at that time... Elisha and I, she's like, oh, you remind us of our older brother, Elisha. Nice. Then we both had the flow going on with the hair yeah. or something like yeah. that. Um, Adam yeah. and I are both pretty proud of our hair. Yeah. No, it's definitely one of the things that we like best about yeah. ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I remember getting a photo from Annie and Lilia um, at the time, just pointing out like, hey, we met this cool family. And I didn't think anything of it. I had no idea I was looking at a picture of my future spouse until we were well into our dating relationship. Did I remember that? Yeah. So we essentially, that was where the original connection was. Uh, but we obviously, uh, we went back to the States. We're, we're from Kentucky. So we were, went back to Kentucky and there was like a period for like two years where we just didn't really touch base at all. Um, and that's when my brother and I were doing some work with some software developers in Portland, uh, building an app and we had come out there and I actually put an Instagram story up and one of Elisha's sisters replied to it and was like, hey, you know, you're only an hour away. You guys should come up and visit. 
and Steven and I had some free time, so we went up and visited. And at that time, you were finishing up round two, and I think you were like engaged or getting married or just had gotten married. Yeah, I think that because I had moved to Bend at that point because I didn't see you guys. My, you visited my family, but I wasn't there. And Katie and I were in the middle of round two. We were. We weren't married. I don't. I don't think so. I think we were definitely dating at that point. Yeah. Or no way. Yeah. Crazy. Pretty sure. Don't fact check us. I'm not. Entire, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And and then um, so that was. I know it was a big part of the conversation. Uh, was the Johnson family, and that's when we kind of reconnect with the Vopergs. And then I think there was an Instagram picture put up of your sisters with Katie, Kyla, and all the other Ks, all the other sisters. Uh, and that's when I first saw the girls, and I showed a picture to my brother. Actually, I was like, "Hey, look at these! This is supposed to be the family that the Vopergs were talking about. There's a bunch of attractive girls. We should just have an, like make an excuse to go visit this family." Yeah. Um, so what else would you do? I mean, what the heck are you just going to, you know, admire from afar? It's better to admire from a closer distance. Yeah. And so he ended up following us on Instagram and me being the introvert, I am promptly declined while my sister accepted cause she's a total soch. Um, and they ended up chatting for a bit and I remember her telling me about this guy. Um, and I thought it, I said, you know, tell me a little bit more. Obviously we vet for each other and quickly came up with the um, assumption that was incorrect, that this guy just definitely was a troublemaker and she needed to dump him immediately and yeah, definitely not give him a chance. Yeah. Kyla was not supportive at all. For me, um, I can't believe I'm admitting this, I guess on a, on a podcast, but definitely was just talking to Kelsey to get to Kyla. Um, and I thought they were both awesome girls, but I think there's initial attraction there, and I knew I was like, oh, I was definitely into the older sister. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? <laughs> well, I remember I loved that this season before you two were officially dating, before you were talking, because Adam's name would come up frequently in family dinner discussion and family table talk. And I had just married into the family at this point and was feeling pretty good about myself for making it past the ranks of Katie's father and all of her sisters. And so when it came my opportunity, like when I had the, was presented the opportunity to like weigh in on these other suitors coming after the girls, I was just like as harsh as I could be. It's like, yeah, these guys are losers. Stay away from these bums. And so I might've said that about you before I met you. I don't know. That's all right. That just means I've had to overcome a lot more to get into the family. <laughs> he didn't though. It was easier. Yeah, I definitely, we, I remember coming to visit and, um, you know, people say first impressions are everything, and I just I butchered my first impression because I was trying to. I thought in my head it made sense to be really rude to Kelsey, I guess, and just totally ignore her, um, so I wouldn't, you know, air quotes lead her on, but instead just ended up looking like a total jerk, and everyone in the family pretty much hated me. Yeah. Um, and I think Kyla even ended up saying something like, "I'll never date a Van Wingerden or marry one," but. Just jokes on her now. Yeah, it is. There you go. Never say never, Kyla. <laughs> yeah, you did have to overcome quite a bit now that I think about it. Long story short, I um, w- the trip was fun, and I enjoyed hanging out with him and his brother, but definitely did not see anything happening. Um, and ended up commenting, though, on a Facebook post. So thank you, social media world, because it really did ha- play a part in bringing us together. But I commented on a post to take him down a notch, and that is actually what kind of started our conversation. And that's still flirtatious. Yeah. <laughs> when you're trying to take a guy down a notch. <laughs> and from there on out, um, Adam very quickly won me over. Yeah. And then I think the relationship um, obviously really took a 
kind of heated up when I moved out to Bend. Uh, I moved out to Bend. We were dating officially for, we had kind of had two rounds as well. Round one, little break. And then round two was kind of it. But I moved out to Bend, I think it was June of 2018. Uh, and then really like lived with the family for like six months or seven months, which seems kind of crazy talking about it now. But in hindsight, thinking back about it, thinking back on it, it was an awesome experience. And I was really able to cultivate and build some long lasting relationships and repair a lot of that damage from my first impression. Uh, and then by, uh, by December we were, we were married and, uh, headed out of town. Yeah. So we're approaching the one year anniversary of your marriage and your guys' wedding was a blast. It was so fun being a part of being a part of all of that. Um, and so as you're approaching, you know, your one year in marriage, What's what's one thing, or Katie? Actually, what question do you want to start with here? <laughs> <laughs> Why should I talked about this before? What questions we were going to ask, and this was my question. So thanks for giving the mic to me. Okay, so my question is, yeah, like Elisha was saying, you guys have almost been married for one year. If someone is going to be getting married, or maybe they've been married for a couple months or something like that, what would your advice be to them? What's something that you either wish you knew before you got married and went through that first year? What's something you learned? You know, what would be like the wisdom you'd impart on someone who's behind you guys? My two cents, and I know it sounds really cliche, and I guess I'll add a little bit to it, uh, but it's it's communicate. And I think it's communicate and leave nothing off of the table. Like everything is up for communication. And I know Kyle and I have found that the more we communicate, even about little things or things, you know, because it's so easy if you're not communicating, you're just in your own head and you may assume something of the other of your spouse or your spouse assuming something of you, or, you know, you can just in your own head, um, lead, go down some rabbit trails really quickly. So mm-hmm. I think just communicating on everything and leaving nothing off of the table, um, I think is, I know it sounds cliche, but that's, that's my, I think that that is profound. And I mean, even in, in hearing you say that, and it's not like Katie and I are way ahead of you, but you know, after being married for us four years, wise old people, yes, us wise old married people going on four years of marriage. Uh, I think that that is extremely important and never ceases to be important. You know, you talk about it being important in your first year of marriage, but what's cool is that the earlier you form those habits of communicating consistently and openly about any, like, like you said, nothing's off the table, then I think those are habits and it is a muscle that you're flexing every time you do that. And so the sooner you can start doing that, the better. Cause I think Katie and I are still learning to do that and improving. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not something where you just arrive either. I don't think like communication, cause you can always choose to shut someone out at any stage. And I think out of the relationship, I don't know if this is true or not. I assume Adam might communicate more. And Kyla tends to be more of the stuffer in your relationship. Definitely. Yeah. I've, it's been the communication 101 is our first year. And I kind of knew that going into it, um, that I was going to need to really learn how to open up and be vulnerable in a new way. And Adam's been really patient with me and he does a great job drawing it out, but that's definitely been a big growth area for this last year. Yeah. And I think it's like really important too. It's easy to, um, when you're communicating, I think it's easy to sometimes, at least for a husband, you know, I, I ask one question and sometimes I'll just do it out of, you know, like, oh, I need to ask Kyla how she's doing. And it's, I'm not really asking. I'm just kind of like checking a box like, oh, I got home from work that I asked how Kyla was doing. Yeah. She said, okay. And I'm not really like, you know, using my AQ and reading like, okay, is she actually doing okay? <laughs> and I think that's a really important, like, not just 
um, communicating for communicating sake, but like actually checking in and being like, Hey, how are you doing? Like what, you know, and, and even asking her, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how she's feeling or whatever it may be. And, and taking just three or four minutes, to like check in with her every day, um, to make sure that there's nothing there or, or she's doing okay. Yeah. That's something that I really knew Kyla needed, I guess, cause Kyla and I, I'm the bigger communicator in Elisha's in my relationship and it kind of mirrors Kyla's in my friendship and the fact that I would kind of draw Kyla out and Kyla would tone me down. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of fun to see that dynamic with a guy in my shoes and, um, Elisha kind of like in your position, I guess, Kyla. Yeah. And I knew that, um, I always told Adam, I was like, I think you were the first guy that had pursued me that drew me out like Katie did. And I knew that was, I had always said that was something that I needed and I knew it was going to be vital for me to have a healthy relationship with anyone that was super close. And so that was, yeah, that was a good indicator that you were the one. And also it's just so rewarding when I do communicate and when you work to grow in it, it brings some real satisfaction. I don't know, some real closeness that comes from maybe if it's easy to communicate, it's not there, but when it's hard and you work through something, Hmm. it can bring, yeah, I don't know, different level of intimacy than before. That's such a fun way to look at it because it doesn't, you know, communication can be a challenge. It can be extremely challenging. And, And I think it's even interesting listening to the dynamic that you two have in comparison to Katie and I, because it is almost reversed in that I tend, I tend to be a stuffer and I, I'm not comfortable giving my, my initial reaction to something, you know, my emotional response. I really don't like giving that in situations. Whereas Katie, you, she's comfortable telling me how she feels, you know, in every situation I would hope, you know, it seems like that. And I've, I'm continually, continually having to learn how to communicate openly with Katie. And she's, you know, I think learning to draw me out. And so I don't think you can just categorize this as like a guy girl thing. I really do think it is a personality thing more than a guy girl thing. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Unfortunately, I think the stereotype is that my role is the girl role. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. The one that wants to like communicate, talk it out. Yeah. I think like spaghetti, she thinks like waffles. (laughs) (laughs) We found that in many ways, Adam's always feeling even being more emotional and it's just, yeah, Adam can really relate. So don't, don't adhere to those stereotypes. (laughs) Yeah, no, figure out what works for you. That's awesome. And Kyla, would you say communication too, like your first year? Or is there something else that you would add to that that you feel like you would encourage a young wife in? Yeah, I would say your first year, you're establishing everything that you want to be doing right. And everything's so new. So it's a great time to be intentional. And I felt like a big thing we benefited from was bringing each new challenge under the authority of God's word. And when I say that, I mean, by looking at something, when something wasn't working to go back to the Bible and be like, are we even, have we adopted the culture's view of this? Am I in the wrong here? Have I had a wrong mindset around this? And it's just a great refresh and a great time to kind of reevaluate maybe bad habits that you've created. I don't know. It's just because it's a time of so much change. um, It can be a great time to reevaluate whether you're living your life according to God's word. Cause I knew there were a lot of times where a quick look at what the Bible said on any given subject brought a lot of closeness. And we knew it was the similar, um, I don't know. Yeah. The common ground, the similar authority we were both under and wanting to live our lives by. 
And by looking at that, we could kind of figure out where we were erring, whether it was me or both of us, or maybe a misconception we had. Um, and I just feel like that this year has been really good for that. Yeah, no, I think that's so cool. And even coming into, like you said, everything's new. And I think this is such a fun time for you to be saying that because we're coming into a new year in 2020. And just as you're saying that, I'm like, I wonder what Elisha and I have let creep into our lives that has just become like, maybe we're at odds because of just something each of us have decided to believe. And it would be a great time. You know, I'm just thinking this as we're listening to be like, hey, in 2020, every disagreement we have, let's take it to God's word first, which I mean, that's a great life goal, but like, sometimes you have to be more intentional. (laughs) Like you said, like, let's take it to God's word first. Let's not talk about our opinions on it until we see what the Bible has to say. I love that. Cause you know, in Christ, when, when you're a new creation in Christ, you are able to have new beginnings really anytime in the power of Christ, but circumstances, like you said, sometimes present it, presents you the opportunity to make new beginnings in a, in a more practical way. And being newlyweds is a hundred percent one of those opportunities or having a new newborn child. And I think even Katie, you know, we recently moved and moving to a new town allowed us this opportunity to form new habits and to establish some of these fundamental routines that you're going to have as a couple that's going to solidify who you are. And I'm just inspired once again to revisit our habits. Because like you said, you know, it's the world's coming at you and culture's coming at you. And so if you are not proactively combating it with God's word and with godly principles and godly habits, then I think it's inevitable that you're going to be infiltrated by some probably not so healthy habits. Yeah. And just to build on that, like I think also coming in with the right mindset, the mindset of humility that, Hey, I don't, I'm going to have everything figured out and being willing to learn and grow and being willing to admit that you're wrong. And, um, I think that was a really big thing too. I think pride can really get in the way. Um, and I've felt it flare up in our marriage multiple times where you want to lay a stake in the ground, um, and say, make your claim and, and just stick with it. And that's never the right, never the right decision. Um, and so just, yeah, I think the, I think focusing on humility and not that you, just think that you don't have everything figured out as a couple, as an individual, um, and that you're always going to, going to go back to God's word and see what he has to say, uh, because I think that's, that's, that, that is our ultimate authority. So That's so good. I mean, even now, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about, you know, I ask myself this question, and I don't ask it enough, you know, would I rather be right or would I rather have a good marriage? And I think that that's a question that I need to continually ask myself when I find myself at odds with Katie, you know, in our marriage. And like you said, wanting to plant your flag or put a stake in the ground and say, I'm not budging on this. And that's a great question to ask yourself. You know, would you rather be right or would you rather sacrifice maybe a little bit of your ego or your pride, like you said, for the sake of a fruitful marriage and an abundant marriage and a fun marriage and a vibrant marriage? Uh, And I think that's so, for me, that's so good to contemplate. Yeah, you said that early on in one of your podcasts right at the beginning. And it was right after we had gotten married. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, that is such a nugget. And that has come to mind so many times over little issues. Is, is this is this worth, you know, is this is a little way I can either show love to Adam and develop our relationship or is this worth, you know, tearing something down? How, how much do I care about this? I think the coolest thing is when, you know, and I can just think of a few examples in my head when Kyle and I would be at odds or something or arguing or whatever. And we both just stop and we both speak into each other's life. Like, Hey, apologize. One of us has to do it. One of us has to be, usually it's Kyla. She's like apologizing for, Hey, I'm sorry for my pride or, and then I get convicted. Right. It's so cool because it's like instant. 
everything else that was being discussed or everything else that was being argued or quasi argued is like gone. And like, and then instead in turn, there's like this intense connection, this intense love that you feel towards one another. And it's almost like, it's like instant. It's the cool. It's like a coolest thing ever. It's yeah. It's, it's of the Lord because you're following his word and doing what he says. And, and that pride is just gone and your ego is not in it anymore. And right away it's like, wow. That's all we had to do from the get-go. Exactly. And it is such a blessing to experience, like you said, the liberation and the fruit and the, and the closeness that's co- that comes from, uh, I guess, re- healing or rec- reconciling differences. And the shorter accounts you can keep, I feel like the easier it is to do that. Because, I mean, I think it's sad when you see that some relationships get to a point where they didn't reconcile and they stuffed and they, you know, were at odds. And you can't, sometimes they can't have that quick turnaround. But the shorter you are able to keep your accounts, I think, like you said, you're able to have that instant return to joy and that instant return to just oneness, which is which is a huge blessing. So I want to ask you guys about your miscarriage because that was your first pregnancy. And I have gotten quite a few messages from people asking, like, how did you guys not let your miscarriage pull you totally apart? Or did you feel Elisha supported you in your miscarriage? I don't feel like my husband understands me at all. I think a lot of women tend to internalize this. And I know for me, I think I was, I had only known about the baby for two weeks before I miscarried and it was not our first baby. So we had had two. We knew I could carry a child, stuff like that. And so I'm just kind of curious, like, Yours was a little further down the road, well, quite a bit further down the road before you guys found out about it, and it was your first baby, so you have more fears that way. Do you guys feel like it separated you? Do you feel like it pulled you together? What are some things that you did, Kyla, to either communicate what you needed or the way Adam supported you? How did that look? Yeah, so I, um, we were eight weeks along, so still not super far, but we had found out about it pretty early. Um, so definitely felt like there was already, you know, some excitement and connection that we felt with our baby and we were, we were excited to be parents. Um, and I think a lot of that might be personality, but Adam, like I said, is very emotional. He relates emotionally. Um, and I think he had a better understanding of what I was going through than maybe even I did at a certain level. Um, because emotions are, you know, He's sensitive. He has that side. He feels deeply and is able to empathize. Um, and so I think I didn't may not have done a great job communicating what I needed, aside from the fact that I was all over the place, which was very abnormal. And I think that communicated a lot to him of just the place that I was in as far as it being kind of um, really, uh, it was it was dark and very hard, but I do feel like it pulled us together. I think there's a few external challenges too, because I think I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, honey, but I was, I think I left on a business trip. Like I was on the road or on an airplane, uh, like the day you found out and I was gone for like three or four days. So it was really like, it was tough. Yeah. It was really bad timing. And I know I remember thinking like, oh man, this is, this is horrible timing. And the Lord's, I knew the Lord had a reason for it and he's sovereign obviously and everything. But, uh, so there was aspect of trying to be on a business trip. Um, attention obviously was not on the on the business at hand, but I was on my wife and I just remember on the phone with her and, and texting her back and forth. And, um, that was a challenge in of itself. But I think the biggest thing as I'm thinking back on it was just being like hypersensitive and just knowing that, like, I think it's really easy for the guy sometimes. And I, and I truthfully, I felt connected to the baby 
in some sense for sure. But in the other sense, like it wasn't my body. Um, we've only been pregnant for eight weeks. I was excited, but it wasn't like I had this super strong emotional connection. I, now Kyla's mm-hmm. 25, 26 weeks along and the baby, you know, I can see the stomach, you can feel the baby kick. Um, yeah. it's a little bit different, right? It's like, I've, I'm actually like really connected with the baby now. It feels like our mm-hmm. child now. So just me understanding and thinking like, Hey, I, I don't really know exactly what she's going through, but just really trying to put empathize and put herself in put myself in her shoes and think like that's really, really difficult and just whatever I could do to be there for her. And then just understanding and knowing that, Hey, I was old enough to remember my mom, I think when she had a miscarriage and was pretty traumatic. Um, and just knowing that, Hey, she was over the next couple of weeks, this is going to be really hard. Her hormones were going to be all over the place. And, mm-hmm. and Kyla handled it like, a, I mean, a true champion, the champion she is, but I just think I knew, and then just reminding myself that every day, like, Hey, and extending even more grace than I normally would. If, if Kyla was going to cry or, or something was, you know, act like something bigger, it wasn't as big as what it was or whatever it may have been. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that was my two cents there. I think some of the bigger fears came when we found out we were expecting again, actually, mm-hmm. of feeling like you hear the stories of repetitive miscarriage and you still are wondering if it's something your body is capable of doing. Um, and something that Adam told me that was really, really helpful was giving thanks every day because we believe that right life starts at conception. And mm-hmm. so every day that child is yours, you give thanks and you never have more control over its life when it, whether it's out of the womb or whether it's in the womb. Oh, wow. That is so good. Cause I think I was putting a lot of hope of if we could get past the first trimester or if we could get to the point of delivery, then it was going to be okay. And I was going to be able to release the fear or anxiety I felt towards carrying a child or it being okay. And in reality, you know, anything can happen past that, right? We never, yeah, yeah. And so that was so helpful to give thanks every day. Um, and just whenever those feelings would come up to be grateful that, Hey, I am, I am genuinely grateful. I got to carry this child. Um, instead of focusing on what if it happens again, I don't want to go through all those emotions. I don't want to repeat this cycle. Um, giving thanks really changed my perspective. And I feel like that was a big tip that he gave me that really helped it supported. That's powerful. And I think to even build on that, something my grandfather uh, had often talked to me about or, or said, and he's a pastor and he's dealt with a lot of just people in his congregation dying. And, you know, God's word is really clear on, it says give thanks in everything and in all things. And my grandfather always said that you really only ever get true closure in a death or in something that's really hard when at the end of it, you can actually pray to the Lord and thank him for what had happened. And I think, you know, for us, it was like to get to the point in our miscarriage where it was like, you know, we don't understand it and it's, it's hard, but to literally give thanks in it because that's what scripture says. And even to reference earlier in the podcast when we were recording, you know, um, going back, that's again, one of those things going back to God's word and saying, well, what does God's word have to say about dealing with things? And one of them is give thanks in everything. Mm. Well, that concept is really a mindset shift for me and giving thanks for every day that you're able to carry this baby from, it, we believe life starts at conception. And I've been so guilty of 
looking forward to the next stage and thinking that there's going to be more security or comfort or something that's guaranteed. And like you said, you get through, I know that I've had the same fear of when Katie's pregnant and thinking, okay, I want this baby to be healthy. I want this, you know, every time you go in and you hear the heartbeat, you think, okay, it's still healthy. We just got to get it out. We got to get through the deliver, you know, the labor and delivery. And then it, you think maybe you're home free or you've got a healthy baby, but then you've got a newborn. And I would be guilty of waking up multiple times a night to make sure it's still breathing. And then I've got some, you know, toddlers and you're thinking, man, they're putting everything in their mouth. They're going to choke someday. I can't wait until they get old enough to not, you know, die every day. Like they are, it seems like, um, or, you know, be, be near death. But like you said, God's the one that has our days numbered and he's the one that gives us life on every single day. And that mindset regarding conception, that God has those days numbered. And I think we can be grateful in all of those days. You can be, give thanks in all things, but really count life as, as it is. And that's in the hand of God. All of our lives are. And that's a, I mean, thank you for bringing that up. That's such a phenomenal mindset, I think, to have. Okay, so I want to ask you guys just on the topic of pregnancy here real quick, too. There are a lot of reasons why people don't want to get pregnant within their first year. And... Elisha and I have kind of talked about some of those here on the podcast. We obviously got pregnant on our honeymoon, so that's all we've known. But do you guys think that those fears are grounded? Like have any of those kind of popular reasons why you don't want to get pregnant your first year or two, do you feel like that is something you would suggest for someone else or not and kind of why? Well, I mean, I think it depends on the ones you're addressing, but ones like, you know, you want time for just us, right? To grow closer. For Adam and I, this has been a super bonding experience and it's brought us closer together. So I don't find that to be that so far, this baby has not been something that's drawn us apart. If anything, we've learned more about each other Yeah, going through it, right? Um, or, you know, I don't, finances or being established or all those. Being able to travel before. Exactly. Yeah, we definitely, we don't have a child yet, but we definitely just feel like we have the mindset of we're going to make it work. And we were both kind of ready to have a family. And we believe that children are a blessing and having, um, I don't know. I think also there's something to be said about there's so much change um, happening when you're first getting married and I knew that I kind of either wanted to have children or otherwise I would be looking for something else, right? Aside from supporting Adam as a wife, I would need another track to run on. And um, I could see myself getting really excited about that track and making it more difficult to transfer back towards being a mother and being at home. Yeah. So if you like, when you moved to Kentucky, you didn't have a career back there or anything like that. So you were staying home doing odd jobs, side projects. Kyla stays very busy all the time. <laughs> I will affirm that I am a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, taking care of Adam. <laughs> no, but getting your house set up, there's just a lot of things you're doing that first year of marriage. And um, to me, it was like, this just feels so natural to transition towards being a mother and being content at home and really finding this to be the place where I'm going to thrive because ultimately that's what I want over the next, you know, all the years of, you know, foreseeable future. Again, it goes back to, I think, even looking in, in the word and seeing so many different references about blessed is the man who have, you know, a quiver full of children. It's like, okay, well, if I want a quiver full, I better get going. <laughs> um, but I think too, a big thing is just being in a relatively large family. You know, I think my mom was from a big family. My dad was the youngest of 16. I have so many, I have over like 
200 first cousins or something ridiculous. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot. we have a lot of, a lot of big families. And so the cool thing was, I think when you've seen the blessing in it and you've seen it done really well, it's something that you want to have. And you're just like, Oh man, that was, I had a great experience growing up in a yeah. big family and there's always something going on. There's always so much energy. There's, there's so much fun in, in that. And so, and it's cool. Like to me, that's just like a, a, uh, affirmation of what scripture says I yes. mean, that kids are a blessing. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw that and I think Kyla saw that. And that, that's why for us, at least it was like, Hey, we want, we want to have children immediately. And yeah, that is pretty cool because you can't experience something that you haven't without experiencing it. And when I look, you know, in this room right here, there's three big families that, and all of us had, we all came from three different big families. You know, I, I was one of 10, Katie and Kyle were one of 11 and, and Adam was one of six. And we had extremely positive experiences growing up in big families. And I think we are well taken care of. We are well provided for. Uh, and, and that was with, uh, our fathers being the sole provider. As far as I know, I think that's the case. And all of our fathers were entrepreneurial. All of them, I think were visionary and we, we just lived very abundant lives, very full lives, being a part of a big family. And I think that that really opened our mind to what you can do in, in the context of a big family. And I think it's even important, like, even our stories, our families are similar with, with our dads being entrepreneurial or, or having different businesses. I've, I think it's not limited to that either. Like, I just, just to build on what Elisha was saying, I've seen other families and, and we know so many other people who have made it work in other ways. And, but the the common denominator is everyone's happy and excited to be in a big family when it's done right. Yes. And I love that our families were intentional about being different. They had to be, you have to be so countercultural when you choose to have a big family, you can't go along with a lot of the social norms. And so you have to get creative. And I think that the sooner you're able to kind of embrace that concept, the more creative you're able to get. And you don't have to try to keep up with the Joneses in different categories. And you really just kind of set your own value system and you create your own goals. Yeah. Create your own category. (laughs) Win it that way. One last thing I just want to touch on before we let you guys go. So we mentioned getting brought up in big families, right? Kyla lived at home like myself until we got married. I mean, you left to go to summer camps uh, as a counselor and certain things like that. But for the most part, you lived at home and I lived in the same town with my family after I got married for the first three years of our marriage, you moved all the way across the country and you were close to Adam's side of the family, but then his side of the family within a few weeks of you guys getting married, moved to Hawaii for six months. So how was that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, um, obviously we don't have anything to compare it with because it's all we knew, but it really allowed us to, um, grow close to each other and rely on one another and establish our family and who we are. And I think I actually, while it was difficult and it had its challenges, I really appreciated the time we had to really rely on one another because we do both come from such close tight knit families. I think it would be really easy to adhere ourselves kind of to one or the other just by nature of Mm -hmm. proximity. Whereas because we were, um, on our own, we were able to establish kind of a balance of what do we want to take from your family and my family and kind of release a little bit of the ties to our, our clannishism that can happen, <laughs> right? Of just my family does it this way. Totally. Um, but more kind of look at it as, okay, how do we want our family to do it? Cause I know I had to let go of some of the things that we've done our whole lives and, 
Um, and I've gotten to adopt a lot of things from Adam's family and vice versa. Just to be clear too, when we moved to Kentucky, um, we were anticipating my family being there and then in classic, my dad fashion on the way he can do it. He sat us down after like a week of being there. And by the way, I'm moving to Hawaii for six months. So we weren't really expecting that. Um, and disclaimer too, you know, they moved, we are really, or I am really close to a lot of my cousins and my uncle and aunt there. So we did have some extended family, which was awesome to have support, uh, and, and feel like there was some family there for sure. But just to build on what Kyla said, it's, it's cool looking back now because the first six months of our marriage, I mean, it was like a pressure cooker in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but it was awesome being able to be on our own and feel like we were establishing our own family. And I mean, we even had some conversations early on, like, okay, I think when you're first married, especially when you're from strong families, you know, type A families, I guess Very you could opinionated. say, yeah. yeah, none of us are short of opinions, <laughs> but, um, actually being able to say, Hey, what are some really awesome things from my family? What are some really awesome things from Kyla's family? And just like have those conversations in like without any outside noise and influence, I guess you could say, and build and establish, you know, Adam and Kyla's family. And I think that was, was really cool. And there was things that about, about it that were really difficult. And there was times, of course, you feel a little lonely and you wish you had some family there, but, um, over overall, it was something that I look back on the Lord definitely used it. I would say it also, yeah, really showed us how we didn't want to take family for granted and what a blessing they are it was a big takeaway of, wow, being able to live near a support system is a big blessing when you can make it happen. Yeah. And what I love about what you guys are saying right now is even talking about, you know, losing a baby and how you guys saw that as an opportunity to thank the Lord for what you're given now and how you see being away from family as an opportunity to lean into each other, even though it is a pressure cooker and like not have the dog pile effect. Right. Cause I mean, even here we're out here for Thanksgiving and my family brought up something that I had disagreed with Elisha on. And I was like, see, like I'm right. <laughs> I had like the dog pile effect of all my siblings <laughs> jumping down Elisha's throat for me. But I just love how you guys are seeing those things as opportunities and you have a growth mindset and are leaning into pain and struggles that people just let totally break them apart and just be like, you know, the world's against me instead of being like, wow, this is an awesome opportunity. How can we grow And I think also just to build on what Katie was saying there is like just that growth mindset or even like just the intentionality behind your marriage. I think a good thing to think about is there's really no coasting. There's no really cruise control in anything. Mm -hmm. I think it's a constant, like a business concept even, or just a life concept. You're either moving forward or you're going backwards. Yes. So it's really, you know, just in your marriage for us, it's been really important. Like just being constantly checking in and making sure that, Hey, are we moving forward? Mm -hmm. Are we actually growing? Mm -hmm. Are we learning in our marriage together and in all aspects of life, but particularly like in our marriage as a couple, I a hundred percent agree. I do think it's like you're swimming upstream and you just keep swimming and making progress. Or if you stop swimming, you just go downstream. And what's, I like thinking about that. It's easy to be overwhelmed by that concept of, of thinking, okay, so it's, we're always working or we're always fighting this uphill battle. But what's great is that you get to do it with your spouse and you get to do it with this person that you, you know, Lord willing, love being with. And if you don't love being with them, then you pray for that and you try to find ways to make it fun and make it enjoyable. And I think that, you know, the more Katie and I commit to that long-term growth mindset, that, that never ending, you know, working on our marriage mindset, 
then we're that much more motivated to make it enjoyable. And like you, like I, we talked about, you get creative. You say, well, let's make date night really fun. Let's make it really consistent. Let's make our home a really great place to be. Let's figure out some tools we can use so that when we have those hard conversations, we still come out you know, and, see, and have progress, have something to show for it. So I think that the sooner you can em- embrace that long-term mindset, it becomes a lot less daunting and you actually enjoy the work. It's like job security. You, you always have something to do. <laughs> Exactly. And I think it was probably the bigger adjustment for me um, because Adam had lived in Kentucky before. Um, We were going back to the things he was familiar with. And I think um, I would be, I don't want to make it sound like it was easy. It was really difficult. And I think there was a big spiritual growth process for me. And there were a lot of tears and a lot of patience from Adam and a lot of love um, and a lot of long suffering with that as I really faced the reality of who do I believe the Lord to be? You know, is he the same? Can I find that same fulfillment? Is he really my all in all? Just getting tested on a lot of stuff that I had said and had told other people, but now it was my turn to be kind of tested in that. And it's been awesome um, to see how not only leaning into Adam, but even more so finding the Lord to be everything. Um, He's the same in Kentucky as he is in Bend, Oregon. Come to find out. (laughs) And yeah, I guess I would like to use this platform to publicly affirm that Kyla was definitely, I mean, she was just awesome just to be able to see, no, seriously, just to be able to see her grow. And this wasn't like me coming to her and saying, Hey, you really need to get your act together. You know, it was her coming to me sometimes like, you know, and that's where just thinking about a Proverbs 31 woman and, you know, anyone who's listening to this podcast, maybe he's not married. You know, I think you think sometimes Oh yeah, I don't know. Marriage or getting the right one is makes a really big deal. And having someone who is going to God's word and Kyla was constantly in God's words, realizing, hey, that she had something in her life she needed to work on, or her identity wasn't with her family, or her identity isn't Bend Oregon, or her identity is in Jesus Christ. And just seeing her grow over the last six months, and I've had to grow as a husband for sure as well, but it was more difficult for Kyla. I was going back to something I knew, and just to see how much she's grown from when we first moved in, I guess, January compared to where we are right now. It's like, I've seen just huge growth in her life. And as she just fully embraced, um, fully has fully embraced being in Kentucky and where we're at and, and hoping and praying that, that those learnings, you know, you can take those and now apply them in, in if we moved again or in different aspects, but, um, it was really awesome to see her grow and be a part of that. And also as a husband, making sure that I was being patient too. And not just like expecting it like, hey, you know, leave and cleave, get it together, woman, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, so I think it was it was good for me just to, to constantly love my wife um, unconditionally and be there for her. Hmm. That's so good. Wow. Thank you, guys. I feel like there were so many nuggets that I benefited from on this conversation. So thank you for being willing to share about your life and, you know, some of the ups and the downs that are inevitable with life and being newlyweds and I guess, following our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ in life. I know this was a huge encouragement to me, and I know for a fact that those that listen will find huge encouragement from it. So thank you for taking the time to do this. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's uh, it's a fun journey, and we don't have it all figured out, but um, it's fun learning and growing with Kyla. Nice. Amen. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast episode. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a rating or, or a review because we love seeing those. And we also love hearing from you, uh, maybe through direct messages on Instagram, or if you want to email us, it's now that we're a family at gmail.com. We love hearing from you in any way you're able to contact us. 
So please have a blessed day. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.